Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Spiritual besties chatting all things stars, skin, science, sex, and self-love. I'm Tara, Ayurvedic consultant, cosmic witch, and Vedic astrologer. And I'm Emily, qualified naturopath, holistic skin witch, and founder of natural skin and lifestyle brand, The Purist Collection. Witches Being Witches is for the woman who is ready to reclaim her power, dares to take up space, and expresses herself fully. A witch is a woman who embraces nature, its cycles, and knows that she is magic. Welcome, Welcome fellow witch. witch. We are so happy you are here. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Purist Collection, a luxury naturopath-formulated skin, body, and lifestyle brand, supporting you with herbal medicine, flower aroma, and crystal therapy, because what you put on your body is just as important as what you put in it. Available online at thepuristcollection.com. That's the with purist, P-U-R-I-S-T, collection.com. Okay, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to episode 12, Human Design with Kat Skriner. Kat is an energetic business strategist and human design guide who works with heart-centered entrepreneurs seeking to embody their unique energetic design to achieve more ease, flow, and abundance in their personal and professional lives. Kat is actually, Tara, one of our good business friends, and that's yeah. how we, we met Kat. And... Human design, I think, has been quite a pivotal for both of us. And mm. we did speak about this in our intro episode. And you introduced me to human design originally so many years ago. And we love to talk about self-empowerment and, mm. and learning more about ourselves on this podcast. So it made sense to invite Kat on to speak about human design. Yeah, because it comes back to that self-mastery and human design is a tool for that to understand ourselves better. Yeah. And for me, understanding my human design, I'm a reflector um, and, and Kat will talk a lot more about this in this episode, but understanding myself as a reflector made so much of my life makes so much sense. Mm. It kind of all clicked into place. And I guess with everything, it's not given me a roadmap as to how to succeed and like, you know, and exactly what to do. But it, having that understanding mm. is such a powerful tool, both in, a, as you said, in, in Kat's bio, in a personal sense, but also in my professional and my business sense as well. And I did actually have a reading with Kat a couple of months ago now and she really helped me to understand how to yeah operate and understand myself as a reflector but also how to step into my business as a reflector mm. and how I can make my business more purposeful as a as an offset of who I am Ultimately, which for me is really important in my business, I, I always want to have a very purpose-filled business, ultimately. Yeah, I love that, Em. And I love this as a tool, this as a self-knowledge system, because it is a relatively new tool mm. um, that draws on, you know, the ancient systems. It's a combination of those. Mm. And it does have astrology in there, which is why I resonate with it and a lot of the Vedic philosophy as well. Mm. And I've just recently learned that you can actually incorporate your Vedic chart within this reading, which can give you a different um, 
different outcome on what your energetic type is. So if you're interested to look into that as well. Mm, definitely. I guess it's another tool in your in your tool belt, ultimately, using your human design to understand yourself better. Yeah, and I think this has become so popular because, you know, underneath everything we want to understand ourselves yeah. and we that is the greatest power to have that self-knowledge yeah. so i love that this can empower you to yeah give you that permission slip to live into your energetic type totally yeah we really hope that you enjoy this episode fellow witch and as always that you're inspired to be really self-empowered from it all right here we go Welcome, Kat. Welcome to Witches Being Witches. Thank you for having me, ladies. We are so excited to have you. I feel like this topic, Tara and I always say, we feel so seen understanding our human design. And I know that all of the witches listening are going to get so much out of this episode. So yes. Exciting. So first of all, Kat, do you know your sun sign and your rising sign? We'd love to know. Aquarius rising yeah. and Taurus is my sun sign. Yeah, I can see that. That really, that Taurian, really like that earthy, um, really determined, persistent. Yeah. And the Aquarius is really that innovative, new mm. thinking, new ways of thinking. Mm. Um, yeah, I love that. And what is your human design? Yeah. <laughs> More importantly, for me anyway, I am a 3-5 manifesting generator, sacral manifesting generator. Oh, yes. Okay. So, so you'll be borrowing all my sacral energy. Yeah. We, are, we are literally stealing all your energy right Every now. single guest we get on, we're like, are you a manifesting generator or a generator? Yes. Perfect. You're on. Yeah. That is a screening process. Yeah. 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 Um, so can you tell our listeners um, who might be new to human design, what are the energetic types or the different types of um, yeah, human design? Absolutely. So think of energy type as a broad classification of energy. It's a little bit like a blood type. So mm -hmm. a lot of people will kind of learn that they are a certain type and then find out that their friend is the same type and they're like, but we're not, we're so different. We're so, you know, yeah. there is so much, um, there's so many layers. So energy type is that kind of broad classification. Mm -hmm. And if we start with the most common type, that would be the generator. And that's around 37% of the population. And what makes a generator a generator is a defined sacral center. So the center mm. for life force, creativity, um, sexuality, reproductive energy. So a lot of energy that's coming out of a generator and they're designed to really follow what lights them up, what lights their sacral up. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's a response motor. So it gets regenerated by sacral beings doing what they love doing. So following that sacral, the sacral will give them that kind of kick of, yes, this is exciting. I love this. I'm, I'm enthused. I'm in, I've got passion and joy for what I'm doing. It's going to give them more energy. So they're built to respond from that sacral center mm -hmm. and responding means kind of responding to external triggers. So, so they're responding to things outside of themselves. They could be responding to a request, responding to something that they've seen, responding to a formal invitation. They just need to be mm -hmm. responding mm -hmm. and checking in with that sacral center to see, you know, am I lit up? Am I not? Mm -hmm. So heaps of energy to get lots of stuff done, 
but only the things that really light them up. Otherwise, that energy is going to be drained really quickly when they're doing things that don't light them up. So it's like a hell yes or a hell no. Hell yes. Or hell <laughs> no. Anything, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes or no questions are really great for generators. Mm-hmm. Um, the next most common type is going to be the manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit of a hybrid type between the manifester and the generator. Mm-hmm but I'll talk to manifesting generators and then we'll talk to manifestors. So around 33% of the population are manifesting generators. The difference in terms of the energetics between a um, generator and manifesting generator Mm -hmm. is that the manifesting generator has a defined throat that is connected to one of the four motor centers within Mm -hmm. the body getting a bit technical but that is essentially the difference but the way that their aura shows up Mm -hmm. is generators are designed to really kind of go deep and master their craft they find what lights them up and they are very happy to be doing that pretty much most of their life manifesting generators we like to mix it up we're very multi-passionate we move very quickly we jump into things very quickly we move on so we we kind of have a little I guess we're a little bit more dynamic in that respect. Yes, not to say that generators aren't dynamic. It's just that we tend to to be people who have many interests and kind of jump around a little bit, um, move on very quickly, kind of pick up things very quickly and kind of bend time with our ability to get things done and really kind of pack it all in. Yeah. Yeah, you Um, guys are superhuman. (laughs) Yes. A little bit superhuman. Yeah, totally. Um, so for manifesting generators, we're built to respond and inform. So again, that response from the sacral center is key, but because we move so quickly, we need to inform the people around us what's going on. Otherwise mm. people, you know, really mm. it pulls us out of alignment when there's bad communication mm. and, you know, the people who are supporting us or, um, you know, in our families, our friends, they're, they're just left scratching their heads going, hang on, <laughs> where is she? What is she doing? Yes. What is going on? So yeah. informing is never about asking for permission it's Mm -hmm. about making sure that everyone's on the same page and that you're communicating so that you can get get the support that you need yeah if you need it i'm manifesting generator um kat do you ever feel like you're informing people but they're still like oh i don't know what i'm doing Uh, (laughs) a little bit yeah yeah so i think informing people gives people the opportunity to um be with you or not and that's Mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm. and that kind of leads into that manifester energy so the Mm -hmm. manifester is around 9% of the population, so reasonably uncommon. Um, And manifestors are here to initiate and inform. So Mm -hmm. manifestors don't respond to to what's happening around them. They are the initiators of new ideas, new movements, um, and they're really here to move us as a collective into brand new territory. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible to kind of lead and be a bit of a trailblazer if you are responding to what's already happening around you so they have to really kind of um channel internal inspiration and these creative urges that really kind of propel them forward to create new things create new ideas movements they're very visionary um Mm. but they can have this very polarizing and repelling aura which either draws people to them like in a very strong way but also pushes the people that are not correct for them yet away from them. Yeah. So they're designed to be initiating these ideas mm-hmm. and to then be informing the people around them so that they can get the help of the generators and the manifesting generators on board to actually do the, the grunt work yeah. because wow. the, the sacral beings have got the energy. Yeah. A manifestor doesn't have a defined sacral center. Um, so the first of, I guess, the non-energy types mm. and 
um, that means that they need the support mm. of people around them to, to help things kind of get off the ground, mm. but also they need the support of people around them to support their vision yeah. and to, to really kind to of help them help them lead in, in the way that they're supposed to lead. They're supposed to be very bold, unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and manifestors who are very much in their power are really amazing to watch. Like they're just very, um, particularly if you follow someone on social media, they're, they're typically people who, you know, they have this defined throat but not the defined sacral. So, you know, really great at communicating, speaking, yeah. and manifestors having a platform where they can share their bold ideas and their vision and really yeah. um, be a voice mm-hmm. is is super, um, super powerful for them because mm-hmm. they need to kind of, they need to kind of be in this this elevated position of um, visibility essentially so that people can kind of hear them and and, and follow them if they're kind of aligned and that feels correct um, or not. So that's that kind of repelling or polarizing aura that they tend to have. So Mm. people will know typically when a a manifester walks into the room, it's quite big, it's bold, (laughs) and it's either like, oh, yeah, I'm really really drawn to that person, or I'm like, that's cool, they're not for me. Yeah. 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 Mm. So 9% are manifestors, and then we have projectors. Mm. So Tara, you're a projector. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So projectors are about 20% of the population and really designed to – um, to, to see very deeply a huge amount of wisdom um, and almost be these kind of guides for creative energy. They're brilliant at guiding people. They tend to see things that many of the other energy types don't, probably especially manifesting generators because we are always skipping all the steps and then going back to do the rework. <laughs> oh, yes, this happens with my husband. So he's a manifesting <laughs> yes. generator. Yeah. And now I just have to watch it happen because yes. I can see what's going to happen and I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So as a projector, you, you can see what's happening. You've got wisdom and advice to share, but that wisdom and advice needs to be invited mm. for it to land correctly and to, for it to be welcome by the other person. So the strategy for a projector is to wait for an invitation, which is really rooted in recognition. So mm-hmm. sensing this sense of openness and recognition that, you know, someone is kind of open to hearing what you have to share um, and then and then sharing. So then that's where that kind of projected um, yes, modality I feel this comes Because in. I ask my husband now, because I know I need that invitation, I say, can I tell you yeah. what my... Can I and, share what I And say? most of the time he'll say no, and <laughs> yeah. I just sit there going, okay. Okay. <laughs> right. So, yeah, when, when a projector kind of waits for an invitation, you're protecting your energy from being wasted by people yes. who are, are kind of like, yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not ready to hear this, or yeah. I can figure it out by myself, or I'm just going to figure it out by myself anyway. Um, and particularly in a business sense, this can be a, a huge kind of... Um, you know, point of alignment for projectors instead of kind of projecting or everything that they know, really waiting for people to come to them when they when they recognise that you've got the key that unlocks the door that that person is desperately trying to kind of see behind, mm. and you know you're not out there kind of frantically searching for recognition. You recognise your own wisdom, your own power, and that helps other people recognise the, the wisdom and the power that you have, and then that draws um, draws draws people to you. So typically projectors will be really great at developing kind of systems and solutions to problems that people have Mm. and and are able to help people on quite a mass scale um, because of the solutions that they come up with and the ways of seeing things and doing things in a very different way that haven't been done before to provide that solution 
to the problem that people have got. I'm always inviting Tara to solve my problem. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So that's projectors. Waiting for the invitation is that strategy and how you're designed to kind of interact. And then we have reflectors, which is our little unicorn. Very rare. Yes. Only around 1% of the population Mm. are reflectors. So the the biggest thing um, that makes a reflector different to the other energy types is that they don't have any energy centers defined. So if you do go and pull your, your um, human design chart, you'll get your body graph and there'll be nine centers. They're the, the energy centers in the body and they'll either be white or they'll be colored in. doesn't matter what color it is, but white or colored in. Now M's chart, all of these centers are white, <laughs> which means that they're all undefined. Yes. And essentially that means that you are constantly taking on and amplifying the energy around you. Yes. Um, you're very influenced by the transits, um, by the environment that you're in, by the people that you're with. So because you're re- always reflecting back, you're kind of like these karmic mirrors. Yes. You reflect what you see can feel probably a bit turbulent, a little bit like being thrown around in a washing machine, just lots of energy depending on who you're with and where you are. So for reflectors, having consistency in, um, you know, the people around you and really having that, that, that trusted energy that you yes. can be with um, also environments that make you feel really really good and very safe and able to just kind of flow um, are going to be really important mm. so reflectors are really designed to kind of sit at the heart of a community and reflect back what's happening they make very good judges very impartial because their energy is so inconsistent and they're kind of always reflecting back what they see, they're able to kind of have that kind of very unbiased viewpoint, mm-hmm. um, very much act as this kind of early warning signal for the rest of the collective. You see these patterns that are coming, you see trends, you can predict these patterns and trends while the rest mm-hmm. of us are kind of like, whatever. <laughs> we just wait for a reflector to be warning us and then we'll take notice. Maybe not. <laughs> um, so for reflectors, your I guess your, your strategy and your authority are, are one in the same, and that's waiting a lunar cycle, yeah. which is challenging yeah. because, um, and obviously you can share your experience with this, <laughs> but essentially waiting a lunar cycle, um, because you are completely open in all your centers and undefined, the, the energy of the moon plays a huge role in how your energy fluctuates and through those phases of the moon, your, your energy levels will be different. Mm. So one of the first things that I usually recommend with reflector clients is, you know, tracking Mm. the cycles Mm -hmm. of the moon, how your energy plays out and there should be a consistent theme, which is going to help you get, help give you some consistency in your energy when it's not naturally there. Anyway, you're getting that consistency from those phases of the moon. Um, So tracking that can be really helpful, but you're very much at the mercy of so much of the energy around you. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, finding out that I was a reflector, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) My whole life now makes sense. Yeah. 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 And what about you have been incorporating the moon cycle Mm -hmm. and the phases Mm -hmm. in now? Yeah. Um, I try hard. I try hard to. I've always been very fascinated by the moon, like even Mm -hmm. since I was a child and always really drawn to the moon and anything moon related. Mm -hmm. And then when I found out I was a reflector, I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I need to be paying more attention to the moon and why I'm drawn to it. And yeah. 
it's um it's still a struggle like I, I do find it hard to really live by the moon because that's not always possible yes um and it's yeah sometimes it's really hard if I need to make a decision quickly and I don't have that time and space to think about, yeah someone yeah, invites you on a date and you're like I'll get back to you in 28 days <laughs> <laughs> and they're like okay <laughs> well there was actually um an event that all three of us were at and there was a free there was a tattoo artist mm-hmm. giving free tattoos I don't know whether we actually spoke about this in our intro episode maybe but I suddenly it was a full full moon moon. and it was a really powerful one yeah and I was like god I'm gonna get a tattoo and Tara and Kat were both like um no (laughs) not a good idea and thank goodness we were there because yeah 28 days later I I decided no (laughs) yes (laughs) I'm quite glad I didn't (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep yes that would have been very interesting yeah but I was feeding off the energy of everyone in the room and it was yeah. that full moon and there was heaps of energy yeah yeah so and I, I find um with with a full moon that is when yeah yeah I have to watch you <laughs> <laughs> and and do you find that you get a little bit of a and and this can be this can happen for projectors as well but a bit of a mm. sacral hangover a bit of an energy hangover so oh, you need to have a bit of a calm down period after you've been in the energy of a lot of people or yeah. a lot of sacral energy yeah you know those memes where people are in the um toilet cubicle just like yeah <laughs> taking a few moments i'm do you know what i really struggle with is like shopping centers mm. i really struggle with that yeah i yeah. think it's also like the artificial lights and all yes. the music and there's just so much going on yeah and i walk out of there and i'm like oh I need to just sit in my car for like three hours. Definitely. Like my husband, so he's a manifesting generator. He is, you know, the life of the party. And when we're leaving, he wants to say goodbye to every single person. <laughs> and I'm like, I just need to like run out of the building. <laughs> I just need to leave. Like, I'm, like I have used up that energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wouldn't know it like looking at me. It's not like I'm like, you know. <laughs> yes, because you're a polite functioning human. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, to yeah, but I'm like, I need that quiet yeah. time, that yeah. alone time, yeah. that yeah. recharge. Yes. Um, but I can understand how the other energy types, they actually are getting energy. Yeah. 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 100%. So interesting. Yeah. Exactly. And so can you tell us, Kat, how human design came about? Mm, um, yeah. It's a system that really kind of it meets at that intersection of science and spirituality. So mm. it's a system that was channeled um, by a guy who was then kind of known as Ra Uruhu and this happened in Ibiza in the late 80s, I think around 1987, <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt. Um, but essentially he, he channeled the human design system which um, has derivative um, or derivatives and, and, and links back to the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah Tree of Life, the, the Hindu chakra system and astrology. So these kind of ancient observational systems that have been around for thousands and thousands of years all kind of contribute different elements to human design. And then there's the, the more Western scientific principles such as kind of biochemistry, neuroscience and quantum physics that kind of come into play. So the fact that he was able to kind of channel a system that perfectly fits together, even though it's, you know, combining lots of derivative systems is, mm. is quite amazing. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the, the origin story and essentially how, um, how human design works in terms of kind of your 
time, date, and location of birth because mm. that's where we get the information for your body graph is based off the um, energetics of the neutrino stream. So there are kind of subatomic particles that are constantly around us all the time, all of this energy around us, a little bit like stardust, I guess you could call it, if we're to use somewhat more um, witchy that's a cool <laughs> terms. Um, so think about, the, you know, all the stardust that's constantly around us, the planets are constantly moving, there's all of this energy. And 88 days before, the, before your birth, whilst you are still in utero, Mm. you are imprinted with your unconscious energy. So if you are looking at your body graph and you'll see um, there's 13 planetary influences on the left and the right-hand side, Mm. that's the left-hand side that we're talking about, which is the unconscious side, that happens 88 days before your physical entry into the world. So Mm. 88 days whilst you're still in utero. And then at the time of your physical entry into the world, the time of your birth, that's when you're imprinted with your conscious energy. And then it's the combination of that definition and that those gates that are defined and the the locations and the lines that they were in that gives us your um, body graph. And then from there we can see what what centres are defined, what channels you have connecting those centres, what gate definition you have in there. So there are 64 gates, there are 36 channels, there are nine energy centres. There's a lot of different possibilities in Mm -hmm. terms of combinations, which... I guess, leads us to really understand how unique we are. I think intellectually we all understand we have unique fingerprints and we're all different, but this understanding your human design really gives you that extra layer of like, wow, I am quite special. I am very unique. There is literally billions of different combinations of, um, you know, the gates and even within the gates there are six different line expressions for each of the gates mm. so i think it's 384 different it's combinations complex. there it's very so complex, complex and yeah. yeah 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 it's i think it's really cool it's almost like who we're destined to be yeah yeah and it's it's essentially that um your, your body graph gives you that map or that blueprint of who you were designed to be before yes. any of the conditioning mm. that yeah. we all experience all of the shoulds that kind of come in, the experiences that we have in early life, um, at school, in our early workplaces, all of that conditioning that we, we're constantly being conditioned by each other. Yeah. You know, it, this is that kind of snapshot of who you were designed to be in your most mm. kind of pure and authentic self. And those non-energy or non-defined types mm. like Tara and I. Yeah. Would we be more susceptible to conditioning then, do you think? Typically, yes. So typically where you have an undefined centre is where you have inconsistent access to the energetic traits of that Mm. centre. So, yes, there is the potential for you to be taking on and amplifying Mm. the energy from the people around you. So you, unless you're very aware, you don't know what's your energy and what's not your Mm. energy. So particularly for non-sacral beings, they can be very susceptible to kind of feeding off this sacral energy that's not theirs, but when they're not in the presence of someone who has that or when they're in their own aura, mm. they're, they're kind of very kind of relaxed, they're very steady, they're very even, they don't feel this pressure to kind of get things done or they don't have this kind of um, fear that they don't know when enough is enough and they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, which is why the non-energy beings or the non-sacral beings are typically not designed to be working in nine to five, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five, that very generator and manifesting generator model of work, which most of our society is based around and society very much favors that working style, Mm -hmm. that learning style, you know, just having that energy to just kind of push on through. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is why I love human design because it is really that a self-mastery tool, like knowing these archetypes, deep diving into this knowledge and understanding, yeah, on that level, like what is working for our energy um, in a really objective way because Mm. we can really, you know, cloud it with being subjective. Yes. Um, so I love that. And as a projector, yeah, the nine to five, um, was really like when I learned this about human design, like I understood why that didn't work for me and projectors, you can probably speak to this cat are more, you know, doing that, uh, four hours of work and getting a lot done in that time, Mm. but not needing to do that prolonged because the energy is Mm. waning. Yeah. You don't have the same energetic capacity, so you're not designed to really put in those long hours, but you can be super effective in shorter, kind of deeper bursts of work. Mm. Um, So a lot of the time projectors really need to get their head around the fact that they're not here to trade time for money very much so Mm. particularly if they have their own business it's not where their value comes your your wisdom is worth much more than the hours that you put in so once you've kind of really mastered your expertise and you've developed those frameworks and those solutions to those problems Mm. that's where you know you're really able to, to kind of provide a huge amount of value but it doesn't need to be you know hours and hours and hours of work Mm. you're really not not here to kind of trade time for money and like you said that is so different to the way society is set up so this is why yeah i really want to encourage everyone to dive deeper into this because it can give you so much permission yes yeah Um, ultimate permission Mm. And awareness is everything. Once you're aware of different aspects of the design or how you're designed to interact with people, if you're designed to kind of wait for that recognition, wait for an invitation, or whether you're designed to respond, even if you're a manifester, if you're designed to be initiating, but all you're doing is responding, then you're you're out of alignment and things are are going to be much harder than they need to be once you're operating correctly. Um, It's very mechanical. Like it's, it's, Mm. um, I guess this is where that kind of the the science comes into it. it. Sometimes, some of the terminology might might feel a bit kind of um, a little bit more woo-woo, but it is very, once you recognize your energy and you're aware of your mm. energy in your body, you realize how mechanical it really is. And mm. if you're an emotional authority, you've got this kind of emotional wave that, that happens. doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean that you're overly emotional, mm. just your body chemistry. And it's how you are designed to operate. So that awareness is, is kind of key yeah. for um, understanding how different you are, giving yourself the permission to to not force yourself to do things that you don't, that just don't feel good. Yeah. And mm. like you say, work with it rather than mm. um, seeing it as um, a struggle. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Kat, something that I want to ask as the single witch of the <laughs> podcast, but also oh. as someone who is, um, you know, so undefined and so susceptible to other people's energies, mm. I want to ask you about compatibility in human design and whether that's from a relationship viewpoint or, you know, business partnership or friendship viewpoint, are there particular types that work better together? I don't know that there's a hard and fast rule here. I think what people really need to be aware of is their energy and their definition so where you are defined so any of the centers that are colored in any of those nine centers that is where you are impacting other people with your energy and where you're undefined is where you're kind of taking on other people's energy so we're always impacting each other you know as much as 
know, we'd like to not impact each other. But we are. It's, yeah. just, it's just how it works. So what we can also do is, so obviously understanding that is key. Um, in human design, you can run what we call a connection chart, which is where you can take your energetic signature and someone else's energetic signature and kind of overlay them so that you can actually see where the commonalities are, where there could be potential um, points of tension, mm-hmm. where there might be where there might need to be more compromise, mm-hmm. and where there's that um, kind of combined understanding of, of how the energy works because we each bring different energy to whatever partnership or relationship that we are in. Mm-hmm. So for you as a reflector, you obviously need to be so aware that basically every environment that you're in and the people that you're with yeah. is going to be challenging. So for example, if you were going to meet someone reasonably new, try and make sure that it's an environment that you feel really safe and comfortable in yeah. because then you're not having to um, get your head around the environment plus the new person that you are with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so typically we're going to be impacted by someone's aura and their energy type within six feet of us. So wow. social distancing is quite, quite handy. Like, yeah, okay, for no a ways, no ways, no ways. It's like, yeah, it's your dream. We're quite happy with this. Um, and for reflectors, there can be this codependency that can come yeah. in because when you think about it, you don't have this consistent access to, to energy. Yeah. So sometimes I someone else. Exactly. Sometimes <laughs> defining we is easier for you than defining me and because yeah. your your energy is so inconsistent, having that consistency that, that someone else is already gives you yeah. um, can be can be a bit more stabilizing for you, but it can also lead to a little bit of codependency mm, as well. Interesting. Um, where we've got kind of sacral beings and non-sacral beings, there's going to be, we, we were laughing about this before, Tara, there's this kind of sucking of energy almost um, that can happen, um, you know, from a sacral being to someone like a projector or a manifesto also doesn't have the defined sacral as well. So where, where non-energy types and non-sacral beings are kind of feeding off the energy of the sacral beings around them, yeah. um, it can... It, it, can impact, I guess, compatibility, but another aspect of, of design that we look at is definition. So mm. if you are what's called a single definition, it means that the defined centers that you have are able to communicate and the circuitry kind of flows the energy in a cohesive independent way you don't need other people to complete you mm-hmm. if you have a split in your design so that could be just a um, one gate kind of missing that would be then connecting two mm-hmm. centers of energy or three centers of energy that means where you've got those splits you're looking for that energy so that your circuitry works yeah. optimally so a single definition can really be quite independent we mm. process information very quickly on our own someone with a split in their definition which could be just a split it could be a triple split or it could be a quadruple split is going to feel better in the energy of other people sometimes mm. that will be one other person who complete like bridges their splits and they're like yeah. cool you're my person you complete me kind of energy yeah, yeah. very <laughs> cute very very cute um that's for a just a normal split and then for a triple split though they're going to feel much better in the energy of a a larger group of people so going out in public and being in the local cafe that they love where there's multiple opportunities for people to be kind of bridging those those splits that they've got Um, and then with the quadruple split which is quite rare and only for manifesting generators um they 
bit counterintuitive, but they actually feel better in the company of, you know, selected people, trusted in a circle, but different mm-hmm. people are, are kind of bridging different splits and they're almost a little bit different for each of those people. Not, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they don't have a split personality, but it just, they, they appear differently to, to different people depending on how they get split. So we're impacting each other all the time. Um, different combinations of profiles will work differently as well. So we haven't even talked about profile yet, but there's lots of different aspects of your design and your chart that can you can look at to mm-hmm. look at compatibility, mm-hmm. but also, you know, we can make anything work if we, if we want to. Yeah. And if, and if we're aware of our energy and how it's how mm. we're feeling and how we're being impacted by other people is probably mm. the key thing. Mm. And I wanted to ask you, Kat, because um, I was once told being a projector that uh, I'm best to sleep alone. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, Peter. This, yeah, sorry, this, Peter. Is a, this is a really interesting one, um, one that I haven't experimented with with my projector <laughs> husband. So my husband is a self-projected projector. Mm. And so essentially what happens is when you are sleeping, you are picking up on the energy of your significant other, the person who is also mm. sleeping within that six feet kind of radius of you. It could be your children. If, if you're camping, you're in a caravan and yeah. everyone's literally yes. sleeping in that very close proximity that's going to be impacting you as well mm-hmm. typically if you sleep alone it gives your aura um your, and and literally your body the opportunity to, f- to fully rest and not be picking up on the energy from your manifesting generator husband yeah. and get clear and you if you wake up on your own you'll probably notice that it's quite a different wake up and a different quality of sleep that you have mm-hmm. than if you are in the bed together definitely um, like pre-covid <laughs> uh peter would be traveling a lot yeah so there's that opportunity yeah. to get those weeks yes. of like really mm. good yeah good quality <laughs> so rest. basically tara's really excited for the borders <laughs> <laughs> But it does make a difference and it will impact the quality of your sleep. Typically for projectors, you need to have a little bit more of a sleep, a wind down routine. Mm. Sleep is really important to non-sacral beings. So projectors, reflectors, Mm. manifestors, you need to really prioritize good quality rest. Mm. So having a really good um, bedtime routine, no phones and you know no kind of stimulation in the in the bedroom and that type of thing and you know if you like to sleep with a mask you know a face mask on and you know very dark or whatever it is for you but getting into bed before you're actually tired is really good because otherwise you you can possibly kind of get that second wind if again if your husband's around and he's got all of his sacral energy on fire and you're like i'm kind of tired but if you don't take advantage of it right then and there, you may find yourself at the mercy of like a, a bit of a second wind that is unintentional. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Kat? Cause a manifesting generator, I swear my husband can just have like three hours sleep and he just still has the same amount of energy. <laughs> like I actually think you guys are superhuman like species. I think, yeah, I think when we're correctly aligned, absolutely. Yeah. One of the challenges that I have is because I'm built to respond mm. and I'm designed to do the things that light me up. Mm-hmm. I, I get energy from doing things like this and doing, yeah. you know, doing stuff that I love doing, yeah. but because I also have young children as well, I'm, I'm, I've been for the last almost eight years, I've been in this kind of period of my life where I'm constantly responding to things that don't necessarily light me up, but I'm responding to the people that I love. So that's a little bit different, but you know, I'm constantly being kind of pulled out of my flow to kind of 
you know, care for my children. So mm. they, they can, that, that really drains me and I've really noticed that. So now it's something I'm really, really aware of. Um, but yeah, typically manifesting generators in terms of kind of our energetic maintenance, if we're doing those things that, that really light us up, we're going to have lots of energy mm. and we're kind of designed to, we are designed to, to use up all of our energy in a day, but it's kind of acceptable for us to take stuff to bed and kind of finish reading a book or finish doing a little bit of work. So we kind of hop into bed and just kind of keep scrolling on our phone for a little bit. It's actually, you know, we need to use up that last little bit of energy and then we can, then we'll kind of typically go straight to sleep. Yeah. So the way that we manage the energetic imbalance in our house is that my husband will typically go to bed much earlier than I will. Mm. He'll be fast asleep by the time I get into bed. So he's probably less likely to be impacted going to sleep at the same time. Mm. How good is this to know though? Yes, yeah. <laughs> totally. This saves lives. Yeah. <laughs> sleep is important, 100%. And it used to really frustrate me that he needed more rest than I did yes. Yes. and that he would be like, I just need a 20-minute nap. And I'd be like, just push oh, through. Yeah, just push through. <laughs> We've got children to look after. Yeah, yeah. Just push through, buddy. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, oh, I need to be a little bit more. No. <laughs> Yeah, cognizant yeah. of that, but it's a it's a real thing. Like, and a lot of the time, projectors and, and probably re with reflectors mm. as well. You kind of you you're pushing to mm. keep up with everybody else, yeah. which can then lead to these feelings of I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, why can't I keep up, and all of that conditioning that can kind of be really present that we want to we want to try and get rid of. And totally, yeah, definitely. I was always trying to keep up with my husband, and mm. learning this was really helpful because knowing that I didn't have the same amount of energy as he did and I wasn't going to necessarily produce um, what he was going to produce in a day and not using mm. that as my benchmark yes. yeah. was so refreshing. Yeah. 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 And, and with him being aware of that as well, mm. you can be on the same page and he can be like, cool, well, I'm going to go do this. You're like, excellent. I'm just going to rest yeah. and there's that, that awareness and that yeah. understanding and not this expectation that everybody needs to do everything all together at the same time and yeah. we need to be interested in the same things and yeah. all of that. It's, it's perfectly normal to really want to spend some time in your own aura and mm. be by yourself, even, even as a manifesting generator for me. Like I, I still need to kind of rest and recharge and do the things that light me up and sometimes that is just lying on my bed for five minutes yeah. reading my book. Yeah, with no children interrupting. <laughs> yeah, and but how good is it to know um, your children as well, your best hundred percent, and how you can navigate yes their energy like yeah. that is so empowering to yeah. know. Yeah, and I feel like this information is super important and very practical for parenting but mm. also if it was taught in high schools when kids are making yeah. these huge yeah. decisions, yeah, it would be really really helpful. Yeah. And they're so influenced by their peers when they're in kind of the later years of high school, yeah. making these big decisions, trying to keep their parents happy, trying to be happy themselves, trying yeah. to discover who they are. It would make such a big difference. And even so, like the classroom environment, like yeah. how like I really struggled in that, Emma, I don't know about you, but yeah, constantly being around all that energy. And mm. um, when you can look back now, you can understand yes. um, the challenges with that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I really love to ask Kat about uh, specific and non-specific. Yeah. So here we're not talking about the energetic constitutions, yeah. but how we manifest, because I think this is really important, how we manifest our dreams. We yeah. can either be specific yeah. um, or non-specific. Can you go into the details of that and how Absolutely. we can use this? to yeah manifest so this aspect of human design is kind of 
um, wrapped up in what we call the variables, which is the arrows that you'll see around the head center, the head and the mm-hmm. Ajna center when you're looking at your chart. And for this this specific one variable, <laughs> we're talking about the bottom right-hand arrow and whether it faces left or right. Mm. So if it faces left, it means that you are specific, you're strategic, and you are designed to get into the detail. And when it comes to manifestation, you're designed to really see with clarity all of the elements of what you are wanting to manifest. So we, you know, talking before we were using the example of a car, it's the color, it's the make, it's the model, it's, mm. it's what the interior trim looks like, it's how old it is, it's, it's all of those things. You're getting quite specific about what you're wanting the universe to kind of bring into your life. Mm. Now, when your bottom right-hand arrow faces right, it means that you're non-specific and it's, um, instead of being strategic, you are passive. So you essentially are saying, I want a new car. Mm. And then you're leaving leaving the rest of the detail up to the universe. You're not getting bogged down in the detail. You're not kind of trying to force it. You are very much letting, letting it come to you. So mm. this arrow deals with our peripheral vision. So when you are passive and non-specific, it means that it's a little bit like wearing the glasses and things are a little bit blurry. You can still see that you want a car. You can still see the destination. You can still see where you're going, but the, the finer details are not clear to you and it really doesn't matter. So you get to kind of be a little bit more relaxed and in reception of what the universe is going to kind of drop into your lap as opposed to being very specific about what you want to see, how it's going to look. Um, and I know that you guys have yeah. opposing arrows, which is really interesting. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm specific, mm. so I really like those details. And that is typically when I manifest things really quick, mm. when I'm really um, specific, like exactly like you say, that example mm. of a car. Yes. Um, I know that I, that is going to yeah, manifest a lot quicker, whereas M, yeah. you're non-specific. Yeah, and it's hard. I, I struggle because you're told – when it comes to manifestation, mm. get specific. Tell yeah. the universe exactly what you want. Do a be clear. Board, like, exactly. <laughs> all the things. Yeah. And I've always all the really struggled with that because, yeah, I want to get specific because I don't mm. want to manifest the wrong thing. Yeah. But, yes, I do struggle to define exactly what that is. Yes. Like, yeah, when I think of a car, like, yeah, I, I might have an idea of, like, the colour that I want or I might have an idea of the make that I mm. want or what it is going to look like, but... I like. I don't really care how many kilometers it. Like, yeah. I don't really yeah, like the other yes. stuff. I'm like, eh. yes, yes, yeah. It will. It will come yeah. when it comes. Yeah. The other um, aspect of manifestation that can be quite interesting to look at is whether you have a defined ego center, the heart center, mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. So the ego center, sometimes kind of called the will center, is the very smallest energetic center in the body it's just off to the um to the right of the g center the identity center when you've got this defined you've got consistent access to willpower um, and desire and this kind of energy and this force to make things happen and it means that you are you're very clear on your desires you know you have these desires and you kind of go out and make them happen when it's under and only about 35 percent of the population have a defined will center so it's it's reasonably uncommon so for the rest of us who don't have a defined um, ego center, will center, we kind of need to see it ha- happening around us before we know what we want. So when yeah. you've got it defined, you're like, that's what I want and I'm going, that's my desire and I'm going after it and I'm yeah. going to make it happen. When it's undefined, so obviously as a reflector, M, it's undefined for you. Yeah. 
you kind of need to see it on other people. You need to see it in action. You yes. need to see it to know that you then desire it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes so much sense because when you look at manifestation, a lot of the, um, you know, they say, look for an expander mm. which makes a total sense because yes. if you've seen someone else do it you're yes. like yeah. yes they can achieve it yes. that's what i want yeah. um but yeah. without that reference you're kind of like i don't know what i want what yeah. do i desire mm. someone help me out here because mm. i have this undefined as well i've always really struggled with you know the 5 10 20 year plan yes. And, and yes like when i see something that i like i'm like yeah i like that and i want that mm. my home or wherever it may be but without having seen it in context and yeah in reality i can't i just yeah oh that's so <laughs> interesting around. To <laughs> gonna have to deep dive into that one yes. i know this is so mind-blowing I know. <laughs> <laughs> so mind-blowing um, so when it comes to the main challenges i know that we've touched on some of them but what are the main challenges and i guess the you know every one has you know it's positives and it's negatives mm. the polarity yeah how can we you know play to the strengths would you mm. say mm. if we're going through energy type i think one of the main challenges for, for generators is that we are all kind of taught to initiate particularly in business and like go out there hustle make it happen and generators and obviously manifesting generators by by design are designed to respond and we really need to lean back and let things kind of come to us and then respond to them so that's a really critical thing to get your head around mm. if you are a sacral being because this kind of just do it energy or these you know these mantras of you know just go out and make stuff happen doesn't actually work for the sacral beings we need to be following what lights us up we need to be responding and using our sacral to really guide us as to what is lighting us up there is an element of um human design that that comes into making our decisions which is our authority um, so learning strategy and authority is usually where you start when you learn your human design. Um, and if you are a generator, you can be either an emotional authority or a sacral authority. Mm. If you're sacral, sacral is everything for you. So it's showing you what lights you up and it's also showing you yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no working in the moment. If you're an emotional authority though, your sacral will be lighting you up and showing you what, what you really love and kind of, you know, magnetizing all those opportunities to you to respond to, but then you need time and space to feel into whether decisions are correct for you. So that's the difference between, I guess, the decision-making for someone who's an emotional generator versus a uh, sacral generator and the same for the manifesting generators as well. So the challenges for those sacral beings is definitely in waiting to respond but also I think letting go of this need to do things just because we've got the energy to do them mm. if things are not lighting us up they are draining us and you know if you think about all of the the sacral energy in the world it's you know over 70 percent of the population if all of that energy was channeled into do, people doing things that they loved and that they <laughs> Like the world would be 
infinitely different. Oh, like, yeah. It would be so amazing. It so would. My dad is a generator, so I was brought up by a generator. Yeah. And he really lives into his design. He only does things that he, yes. um, in his car, like, wants to do. Yeah. And he used to say to me growing up, if you don't know what to do, like, do nothing. Yes. Like, that was his advice. And I think that's oh. such a generator thing yes. to say now looking yes. back. Because yeah, leave that. Wait, wait for something to come to you. Yeah. Because if you're in alignment, you you know, generators and manifesting generators who are in alignment because they've got that defined sacral center, they're very magnetic to opportunities and people and, and things coming their way. So quite often there can be this um, fear that if you lean back and you wait, you're going to miss things and things will yes. pass you by. But, mm-hmm. you know, the right things are always going to be presenting themselves. Yeah. You need to try and be patient and really trust that, you know, the right things are going to be popped in front of you mm. that are correctly aligned for mm. you. Um, for manifesting generators, I think one of the challenges is not informing <laughs> and just kind of going off and doing stuff because we kind of like, we want to move quickly. We don't yeah. necessarily want to ask for any permission. And we kind of like, we just want, we, we've got the energy to get it all done. We kind of think we know how to get it all done by ourselves. We can be really a bit, you know, stubborn and a bit too independent and not want to ask for help and not want to ask for support. Mm. Just kind of barrel on in there and (laughs) get shit done um which is challenging and I think if you are you know a manifesting generator and you have a team around you or you're kind of working with people you need to understand that people don't work at the same pace that you do yeah people don't pick up things at the same you know in the same um way that you do and having that kind of level of understanding even at a basic level of the the people that you are spending a lot of time with is just Mm. really important for people to feel valued, for good communication, mm-hmm. for, for all of that kind of good dynamics and good energetics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for projectors, some of the challenges are really kind of being in a generator world and a, a, mm-hmm. a world that's designed for, for sacral beings and, and understanding that rest and really respecting your own energetic capacity and, and tuning into that is is tricky Mm. it's again it's unlearning the patterns of a lifetime Mm. for for many people because you know they're so conditioned to just push we we go to school we go to uni we get a job we go and work for someone we we have to put in the hard yards we have to do the you know the nine to five we have like it's just you know how so many of us grow up and realizing that it's okay to to not have the same energetic capacity is the game changer I think Mm. for, for projectors but also recognizing that they are different and that they do have this very special ability to see and guide and to really um really change people's you know, lives through through the knowledge that they can share, mm. and that recognition is is so so very important. Mm. Um, yes, you should still be doing the things that you love. You shouldn't be kind of forcing yourself to do stuff that you don't love. But naturally, you'll probably gravitate to having a specialty and having an expertise, mm. and then people kind of really being drawn to you to share. I mean, you're yeah. the perfect example of that, Tara. I think, yeah. you know, you've got what you've had, you've done your time in corporate. It mm. wasn't for you. And you can really clearly say how out of alignment that made you. Mm. And, and life is completely different now on that other side. Yeah. And you're now this kind of go to 
in mm. astrology, in, in Vedic, and it's, um, yeah, projector in its power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember I had this clear moment when I was in the boardroom. I was the only female in it, mm. and I really felt like I had to, you know, be the authority, like really you know show that I knew what I was talking about and so I'd always come into those meetings like just being really charged and being like yes I'm going to get my point across and this is going to happen and every time I would um, you know really say my opinion and it was like I wasn't even in the room Mm -hmm. and I thought oh that's just because I'm female but I understood when I learned about this design and then I was projector, I waited in the board room meetings until someone said, Tara, what do you think? What should we do? And then the way it landed, that is when people actually listened to me and we actually did the strategy that I was always wanting us to do. So learning that was huge. And I, like you said at the start, Kat, like my energy and my expenditure was just that saved me like knowing that in the corporate environment saved my energy yeah. definitely yeah 100 percent. and sensing that recognition being waited to to share and, and when you're with your family and when, when you're with people who know and love you mm. you don't always need to wait for these invitations but yeah. sometimes it's nice for, for to be recognized like that and to and for someone to invite you to share you know what you mm. what you have to like like in the boardroom example you're mm. actually being asked and it can feel a bit like oh god that's so formal and oh my god like oh, she needs an invitation but <laughs> yeah it's that sense of openness mm. to receiving what you've got yeah. to to say because otherwise it it literally doesn't get heard it's projected it's unsolicited advice it, and in that boardroom example of you know it was ignored and literally just not heard but when you were invited to share what you see invited to share your knowledge and your wisdom boom that's yeah it changes the energy very yeah. much so yeah mm. so that's projectors um manifestors are this is yeah it, i think it can be very challenging for for manifestors because typically they've grown up again in this generator world mm. they um can quite often be a lot for their parents so their parents kind of unintentionally kind of shut down their energy and kind of mm manage their energy by not allowing them to kind of think big and go and follow these urges that they have like I want to go ride my bike down the road and you're like no you can't you're only six we have to come with you type thing and we can't do that right now so if you know if people are listening they have a manifested child it's it is a tricky balance because you want to give them that freedom and and for them to kind of create cultivate that those internal urges that they get because that is where the magic is but also keep them safe and you know try and accommodate (laughs) where you can Um, but because so many manifested children kind of grow up in this environment where every time they ask they don't get because it's a bit wild it's crazy or it just can't be done they get shut down so they're like well I'm just going to go and do it in secret Mm, yeah. why ask for permission when I'm just going to get rejected so I'm just going to go <laughs> and do, do it, it anyway <laughs> so they can be they can be this kind of rebelliousness yeah. that, that happens for manifesto kids um, and it's really important for them to to be brave and to really be solid in their in their vision in their convictions because mm. if they are kind of channeling these internal urges in these ways and these ideas and this kind of need to to get things out and to do things they need to kind of act on that and then obviously get support to kind of ha- help the rest of the you know bringing that project to life mm-hmm. um, but having that internal trust and and having a practice that allows them to tap into that internal intuition that connection to source 
God, universe, whatever the terminology that someone wants to use is, mm. they need to be very clear and open to have that. And if they don't have those internal urges and those waves, like literally mm. this push mm. to get out there and do things, then they're always probably clogged up with doing stuff that's not aligned for them. Mm. So manifest is very much work in a cycle. They go through these urges of, you know, beginning a new cycle is about getting that idea out there, getting it started. They will then have an urge to pull back from that project, that opportunity, whatever it is, and kind of almost hand it over perhaps. And then they, they need to take time and space to kind of rest, recuperate, uh, reflect on what's happened. Mm -hmm. And then the next wave, that next urge will come. But if they don't take that time to rest and they're just mm -hmm. constantly pushing, mm -hmm. they'll the, the urges will stop and they'll, they'll literally kind of shut down this, this connection that they have. Wow. And then they're kind of really out of alignment and very kind of energetically stuck. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, yeah, cultivating that self-trust is really huge yeah. for manifestors. And then for reflectors, I don't know, Em. <laughs> What's your biggest challenge? Yeah, it's always good challenge. Being at the mercy of the moon, of the transits, of all of the energy, of the people that you're around. Is there anything about my human design that is not challenging? Uh, what's your profile? I can't remember what your profile I'm a one three. One three, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think for reflectors, it can be very disappointing to find out that you're a reflector. <laughs> it's it's quite frustrating. Like a lot of the when I first started learning about it, I'd say, okay, like what does this mean? Mm. And all that I could find, and all mm. that other podcast episodes that I listen to, it's like talking about all the types, and then right at the very end, there's like two seconds worth on reflectors, yes. and then that's it. And it's yeah. like wait a full lunar cycle, and I'm like. Mm. Okay, but like, yeah, I have more questions. Yes, I think I think for reflectors, uh, yeah, really important to look at kind of go beyond that center definition because mm -hmm. you don't have any, mm -hmm. and to really look at the, um, the the gates that you have defined and that energy behind those gates because that is your consistent energy. Even yeah. though you don't have that consistency of having whole centers defined, you still have gates defined in your chart. It's mm -hmm. not like it com everything's completely open and yeah. <laughs> I'm not a lost call. Yeah. <laughs> never, 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 never. Um, and then, you know, with certain um, kind of tracking software, you can actually see and predict out and kind of plan out, mm. you know, how you work and when it is best going to be, you know, time yeah. to make decisions and things like that. Yeah. So it's frustrating, I think, but also wherever you wherever you're able to create that environment where you are able to flow you don't have a lot of pressure on you mm. you can you can be very clear about what's your energy and what's not your energy mm. that's the ideal kind of scenario for a reflector because yeah. not being aware of the influence of energy is is going to be to your detriment yeah um, and Again, the more aware you are of it, the more you yeah. can correct it if it's not the right energy, change your location, change the people that you're around yeah. and yeah. Um, really make sure that you've got that community and that inner, you know, that inner circle of people who are really yes. your go-tos when you, when you really need to, to kind yeah. of just be with, be with your peeps and just be yeah, nurtured and held and just supported and seen Yes. instead of constantly being the one who's kind of reflecting back everything yeah. that they see. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people ask um, Em and I, like, how do we get on with this podcast? Because mm. we both don't have that, the, the energy, <laughs> yes. like um, consistent energy. Yeah. But I don't know if it's because we're always interviewing manifesting generators. <laughs> our business is, um, you looked it up, Em. Our business chart was manifesting yeah, generator. Yeah, and so, it's yeah. interesting. All, all 
of my business arms yes. are yeah, manifesting yeah. 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 yeah yeah so I think that gives us energy but yeah. from a friendship perspective mm. um I think we must fill in some I just well, don't hang out with you when I'm in a bad mood because <laughs> I get that reflected back to me <laughs> Tara picks her times just send with me <laughs> Um, but no, it works really, really well. Yeah. Um, even though, yeah, I think we're just mindful of each other's energy yes. and yeah. that's how it, it works. Yeah. And we can relate to not having. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Mm. Um, that awareness. Yeah. Coming totally. back to the awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kat, so we'd love to ask you just to finish up. Um, what does health is the new wealth mean to you? I'm going to repeat myself again. I think awareness, like Mm. I I think what, what human design has done for me specifically is obviously that permission piece, but it's given me that opportunity to kind of connect back to my body. Mm. And it's made me realize that, you know, for so many years I was very much out of my body. I wasn't aware of the signals that my body was giving me. I had no Mm. idea about my energy Um, so that awareness for me has really been something that's pretty much changed my life because it's, you know, Mm. it's impacted the way that I interact with people. It's impacted the way that I parent my kids. It's impacted Mm. the way that I just, just operate. Mm. Um, so for me, health is the new wealth is, you know, if you have that awareness of your body, particularly, this is the only one we're given during this lifetime. It's so precious. Mm. And, you know, having the permission to do what feels good and recognizing what that actually looks like for you is, is pretty, pretty profound Mm, and exciting. Kat, you said that human design has changed your life and I think with you stepping into human design, because I knew you before Mm -hmm. you really stepped into this realm, but now that you have, I'm so glad that you have because you've helped change my life as well. And I know so many of your clients and people who've worked with you and been lucky enough to um, dive into human design with you. Yeah. You're really enabling them that self-awareness as well. And I think that's really powerful. Mm. Um, So on that, how do our witches find you and work with you? I'm most active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is cat, C-A-T dot Skriner, S-K-R-E-I-N-E-R. Um, and my website as well, just catscriner.com. It's probably the best place to connect, send me a DM, reach out. Um, yeah. I would love to hear from you. Yeah. And Kat does lots of um, like trainings and things too. Yes. There's lots always of master classes. Yeah. Classic manifesting yeah. generator. <laughs> I was feeling really bored for a patch in my business there and I was like, oh no, I'm going to create all of these things. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You get so much insight. So definitely follow Kat on Instagram thank if you don't you. already. Thank mm. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on Witches Being Witches, Kat. It's been, yeah, amazing sharing your wisdom. Thanks for listening, fellow witch. Really hope you enjoyed the interview with Kat and you learn more about your energetic type and how you can incorporate that and live into it in your life. Yeah. And step into your witchy power. Yes, full embodiment. And if you liked this episode, please review and rate us. Yes. And come and join us on social media. We're at Witches Being Witches on Instagram. We also have our Witches Being Witches podcast 
page on Facebook plus our private Facebook group, WBW Coven. We share heaps of insight in there and we are just loving gathering a beautiful community of like-minded witches. Yes, I love the energy in that group. Yeah, so good. Yeah, definitely come and join us. I'll see you next time, fellow witch. Thanks for listening to Witches Being Witches. Remember, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth. And kindness is the new cool. We'll see you next episode.